Welcome back to Faith Along the Way, a weekly podcast where Lutheran campus ministry friends talk together about issues of the day. I'm Dr. Olga Maria Cruz, campus minister for Welcome Winthrop Ecumenical Lutheran Campus Ministry in Rock Hill, South Carolina. She, her. I'm Pastor Josh Kessner, he, him, and I am the Lutheran campus pastor at Clemson University in Clemson, South Carolina. And I'm Pastor Jesse Caniff Kuhn, the Lutheran campus pastor for Gamecock Lutheran, which is the Lutheran campus ministry at the University of South Carolina. He, him. Today we're talking about interfaith relations and how we as Christians relate to folks in other religions and faiths around the world. Pastor Josh, what are you thinking? I'd be interested in hearing what kinds of interfaith relationships y'all have or ecumenical relationships to just different denominations of Christian churches uh, on campus. What are some of the ones that you have? Winthrop is small, and we don't have an organized Jewish student group or Muslim student group or Buddhist student group. Mm. I do have a lot of ecumenical relationships with other campus ministries, Catholic and Protestant. Yeah, that's an area of growth for our community. We have kind of identified that we like to start building some of those relationships, but haven't done a lot yet. Uh, Josh, are you doing interfaith stuff? I think what's hard is that we we get so siloed in our own programming. One of our jobs as campus pastors is to build a community, right? And so people show up in our groups and they feel safe here and they want to be with the people they love that they find in our groups. And I think that's beautiful. And so I think it's hard sometimes to have any kind of interfaith relationships because we're so busy trying to worry about our own relationships. One of the things we do sometimes is try to show up at some of the other events that are happening on campus. Mm-hmm. So our Muslim Student Association has a an Islam awareness dinner every year. And so I, I go every year and then I try to take some students with me and just show up. And if we have our t-shirts on and they say Lutheran Campus Ministry, it's just like, hey, we, we support you. We don't have the same beliefs, but we want to learn from you and we want to be friends. I think we'll try to do more of that with the Hillel group, which is the Jewish group on campus that's starting to kind of reform after some years of dormancy. So I I think that's one way that I would love to do more interfaith work is to show up at events with other groups. I don't necessarily need them to come to our dinners (laughs) or to obviously not to come to our church on Sundays, Mm -hmm. but just to try to, to show that we have respect and that we care about people who, especially we're all in South Carolina, uh, especially in a very Southern Baptist area or non-denominational area, don't always get a lot of love from churches, right? So I think it's important for us to show up. Probably the biggest place that this has shown up in my ministry is uh, this year I'm serving on the Religious Affairs Committee for the university, and it's been an eye-opening experience for me. And and one of the main things we've been working to do is to really elevate the importance of the interfaith calendar Hmm. and to recognize the ways that these different religious holidays fall all throughout the year and have big effects on the people who practice these religions. Uh, And a lot of people are familiar with Christian holidays and the typically university system and faculty and staff and folks are pretty used to catering to those events. We literally take off for a couple weeks around Christmas, but we don't make space necessarily in the same way for things like uh, Ramadan 
Ramadan or Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah. And I mean, some of these like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur come less than two weeks apart from each other. And so students might end up missing class in back-to-back weeks, which is not something that professors generally appreciate. But this is not out of choice, right? This is religious duty. This is this is religious observance. And those things need to be respected in the same way that we respect Christmas or Easter or any other religious festivals or recognizing the ways that religious observance might affect students, right? And so people typically wake up very early during Ramadan uh, and then they fast throughout the day. So they could be pretty tired or pretty hungry or kind of grumpy. And these things are going to affect how they are as students. And the way that we should respond to that is to accommodate them and to recognize that this is a religious observance that they are in the middle of and it has serious weight in their lives. And we should make space for that as opposed to punishing them or giving them consequences on top of that. And generally, I think people and and staff and faculty are inclined to give this sort of hospitality to people, but we don't always know. We don't always know that it is Ramadan or know when high holy days are coming. And so the more that we can make ourselves aware of other people's practices, when they are and what they mean, the more that we can be good, loving neighbors for our neighbors. At the setting I was serving in before I came here at St. Leo University in Florida, there was a group going on. I, I didn't start it, but I did get to participate in it called Scriptural Reasoning. Mm. And I think it's a wonderful community practice, especially in an intellectual community like a university, to sit down. We met every week and we sat with several texts. They were replicated in their original language, a Hebrew text from the Hebrew scriptures, a Greek text from the New Testament, and an Arabic text from the Quran, sometimes a text from a Hindu or Buddhist background, and they were all on the same theme. Mm. And you got we got to read them in translation and unpack them together and see the, all the commonalities and the differences and ask questions and sit with whatever arose as we were reading these together. And we really built a lot of respect for each other's texts, Mm. a lot of respect for each other's experiences, the stories that would come out um, around that table as people reflected on their texts and then heard some of the same imagery or sometimes some really vivid different imagery expressing the same idea Mm -hmm. in someone else's text. Yeah, when I think about why interfaith relationships are important. I think about those things, especially that we should support and have respect for one another, that we should try to find some common ground (laughs) because we're all just trying to do those things and that we should appreciate and find beauty in our differences. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a lot to learn from people who are of other faith backgrounds. We talked about spirituality in another episode, and I think we have a lot to learn from spiritual practices from other faith communities and what they do, how they might pray or how they interact with nature, how they live within human relationships, that kind of thing. So we have a lot to learn from each other. But that is what gets hard sometimes, right, is that we are innately different from one another. Mm -hmm. So how do we hold on to our faith so dearly and then also have respectful conversations with people who might disagree about fundamental things? It's, It's a tough question. It is. 
My the the book that's really helped me in this conversation is by Brian McLaren. It's called mm-hmm. Why Did Jesus, Moses, the Buddha, and Muhammad Cross the Road? <laughs> and it's a very easy to engage book and has a lot of really helpfulness and stuff. And it it really drives at that question, Josh. His thinking is that generally people want to cling to a strong Christian identity, which necessarily puts them at odds against other people of other identities, or they want to value connecting to people of different identities at the cost of their own Christian identity. Mm. And people feel like these are kind of our two choices and that either we have a weak Christian identity that's generous towards others or a strong Christian identity, which is then necessarily hostile towards others. And he offers kind of a third way of saying there's a way of holding a strong Christian identity that is inherently benevolent towards others and Mm. that we've tricked ourselves into thinking those are the only two options. But Mm. really, there's nothing about holding closely what's important to us, holding our faith and the specifics about it and the uh, specific things that we love about it and and find truth in, and still learning from others and being hospitable towards others and appreciating uh, the diversity that we find in others' faiths and religions and in those things. So ultimately, I think a single word that really helps name a lot of what we've been saying even is solidarity is kind of the the big mm-hmm. key word there then that, you know, solidarity isn't me becoming you or me forsaking myself for you. Right. It's me being myself next to you. And and so we can be authentically who God has created us to be. We can hold authentically to the things that make sense to us and the stories that resonate with us and the faith and tradition that we cling to and still stand alongside people who think other things. And our disagreements and our differences can be opportunities to learn as opposed to opportunities to fight. Absolutely. And that's so important in university life. Mm. One of the features of going away to university in particular is to experience a diversity that was limited in your hometown or your home faith tradition, your particular high school and church. There's a religious diversity that many people encounter for the first time when they go away to college. And one of the other reasons that interfaith sensitivity and religious literacy is important for us as religious leaders on a university campus is that we're doing a work of chaplaincy. We're meeting people where they are outside of where they come from. And in that mix of people, we're going to bump up against a lot of different worldviews or range of affiliations. And we want to do that in a way that loves God and loves neighbor in a way that's authentic to ourselves, as you were saying, Pastor Jesse, but in a way that makes space for other people to be who they are and growing in their own autonomy at their own pace. I would want my students to leave college with a new sense of who they are, but also an openness to engage with folks who are different Mm. and some skills to do that with. Finding common ground across religious divides and focus a lot on our shared values. Mm. And there are so many of those shared values like the environment, like hospitality, like neighbor love, like peacemaking and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. There are so many things we can come around and work together on. And those can, those shared values and shared goals can be a wonderful place to start. 
may the God who has created such a beautiful and diverse world around us continue to bless you and show up in your life in different ways. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, friends. Grace and peace. See you next time. And today we are going to talk about interfaith partnerships, not partnerships, interfaith what? Stuff. We're going to chat about interfaith stuff. I mean, is interfaith is an adjective. Yeah, interfaith relationships or perspectives. Or, there we go. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Much better than stuff <laughs> that I offered. <laughs> <laughs>